Doc Talk is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the science of healthier animals. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan here. We're going to have a great show. Dr. Wade Nichols from Merck Animal Health is going to be with us. We are celebrating the 30th birthday of Revlar implants, and he's been with it from the very beginning. So when we come back, we're going to learn a lot about implants, a lot about Revlar. Stay tuned. Hey folks, welcome to Doc Talk. I'm Dr. Dan Thompson, and it's a pleasure to have a friend and colleague here, Dr. Wade Nichols. Welcome to the show. Thank you, sir. Yeah, we've known each other since before you got your first doctorate. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> my first, my PhD That's dissertation right. was something we're going to probably talk a little bit about. But uh, exactly right. Uh, Dr. Nichols is the senior technical services here for Merck Animal Health. Has been with with Merck Animal Health and whoever started with Herx to Intervet to Shearing Plow to Merck. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and has just been one of those people in our industry that has um, brought us information, brought us research, worked with us on on in the field and and in the lab, and and we're going to talk about Revlar S implants, <laughs> their thirtieth birthday. Yes, sir. Isn't that something? It is. It's 30 years, and I just wonder where in the wide, wide world the sports time is going. You Isn't know, that something? You had dark hair when I knew you, <laughs> and I actually had hair. So. <laughs> but uh, but kind of talk me through the, the history of Revelar implants. Okay, so but before Revelar was approved and introduced, we had Cinevex Finiplex. We had to yep. do you know, Cinevex S and Finiplex S. We put one in one ear and one in the other ear. Um, it worked well for that time period, but you're dealing with two different companies, two different implants, two different payouts, and it had some inherent um, problems. The other problem with it was the FDA would not let us talk to feed yard managers about it. The sales guys couldn't talk about it. We couldn't talk to feed yard managers. Now, you and I could talk to each other, professional to professional. We could share data, but FDA said we could not advertise or, or present any data um, on, the, on that combination. Um, so there was Revelar around the world, and so we started that process to get Revelar approved, and it was finally approved November 27th of 1991. Um, I was hired July of 91 to start <laughs> do things, you know, to, to help the process and, and get it out into the field, and you know, talk to people and, and do some research and things with it. But so 30 years ago we got it started. Um, Another couple of aspects probably that, that people don't realize is that we'd also done a little bit of work comparing cholesterol base and lactose base yep. and found that cholesterol was a little bit more um, consistent in its release pattern. Lactose was good, but it, it was just a little more variable. Um, also with steers, we found that 5 to 1 versus 10 to 1 in steers had tended to be a little bit better. So when we did the dose titration, then we went with cholesterol base and the 5 to 1 combination. And the 5 to 1 <coughs> is the amount of uh, TBA to estradiol. Correct. Exactly. So, TBA so. over estradiol. I guess I should have. Yeah. I just figure oh, everybody knows what I know. That's so. okay. <laughs> we're just, you know, we're just in, in the process yeah. of, of mm -hmm. learning that. So, so you start out with that, then where did you, where did you go from 5 to 1 with cholesterol? Well, then, then you have to do the dose titration. So you had, we had control and 140 milligrams of TBA, 30 of estradiol, and then went 20 over 4, 80 over 16, and then 140 over 28. And interesting, I, I don't know, people forget it or they didn't know, but TBA is not the most powerful 
hormone in our combination. Estradiol is 140 milligrams of TBA was really not different than control. 30 milligrams of estradiol was highly significant, but if you put 20 over four, then that was highly significant. So you put the combination together and you get that synergistic response yeah. in those two and, and really, really do well together. And, and that's what we've done I mean, since 1987, we've proved that. So yeah. it's, it's done very well. Well, it's a rich history. It's something I, it would be interesting to know how much money it's brought back to the the cattle feeding sector and, and the, the cow-calf producer over the last uh, 30 years, but we'll get into more of that as we go here in the show. Perfect. We've got Dr. Wade Nichols here. When we get back, we'll have more. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Wade Nichols. He is the Senior Tech Services Manager for Merck Animal Health um, and has been a friend and colleague for, for many decades and we've worked on implants, we've worked on cattle growth um, and, and so talk a little bit more about going back to that history of when you were getting the, the approval mm -hmm. of the, the different, different uh, concentrations. Right, so when we were doing the dose titration, you know, I said we started with control and worked all the way up to 140 milligrams of TBA with 28 of estradiol. Well, you know that Revlar S is 120 milligrams of TBA and 24 of estradiol. So we thought when we were doing these dose titrations that we were gonna get 140 over 28. But the FDA developed a growth curve and they said that this point at 120-24 is not significantly different than 140-28. So they gave us the 120-24. And that's what we had to do our trials with. So that, that was a pretty big surprise to us actually because what we call the European dose um, is worldwide is 140-28 worldwide. We're the only ones in Canada that have 120-24. Huh. So. And it was just based on the, the statistics and the math on the pivotal state. They said these two points are not different, therefore you're going to go to the lower That's dose. That's correct. We're going to give you the least dose for the maximum effect. So there was not, there was numerical difference, but not a significant difference, so they gave us that lower dose. So, so from that point, where did, where did the, the, you know, where did we go and, and what did we have happen? Well, for, so from there, we, they gave, we had some INAD numbers left over, so FDA allowed us to do several trials looking at different re-implant strategies. Um, and so we completed those prior to launch, actually. And we did five trials looking at just Revlar by itself and then different re-implant strategies so we'd have something that we could take to the industry, you know, and try to indicate where we needed to use Revlar and the best, and best way to get that done at that time. And so we used Cinevex Revlar. We, used, we promoted a lot of Cinevex Revlar at that time um, simply because of marbling. You know, we had a lot of choice select spread. We we're selling a lot of cattle on a live basis. And then a live, selling cattle live versus carcass is a vastly different endpoints. <laughs> so <laughs> at that time, we, we were a lot more moderate in our implant strategies than we are today simply because of how we were selling cattle. Yeah, when we went from selling live and, and to selling carcass, it changed the number of days on feed. It oh. changed the, the um, strategies in which we implant just, just tremendously. Tremendously, yeah. We've got, you know, so now we're, what, 85% choice and prime, yep. basically, you know, and, and uh, back then we were 45 and 50%. And it was, it, so it's kind of funny because in the TCFA area, everybody said, well, those cattle, they just naturally won't grade. Well now, we were about 35, 40%. Well now, we, when we change the 
marketing basis and we're selling on a carcass basis, now those cattle are grading 65 and 70 percent. It wasn't that they couldn't grade, we just didn't, weren't getting them fat enough to get their genetic potential. So, yeah. so now we've changed our implant strategy, we're much more aggressive today than we've ever been and it's not affecting grade at all because we're taking cattle to the right endpoints. Right, and it's a, you know, taking cattle, the, the two groups that we didn't care about how we implanted, the ones that never graded and the ones that always graded. Right, and that, exactly. And then we get in the middle is when we can really have yeah. some, exactly some effect. Exactly right, yeah. yeah. Genetics you can't do anything about. It's the other ones in the middle we can work, work around and get them to perform like we want them. Perfect. Yeah. Well, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the research and the different things that, that Dr. Nichols has been involved with, Merck Animal Health, and so much more. It's the 30th birthday of Revelar Implants. More to come right after these messages. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Wade Nichols. He's up here in Iowa visiting us and, and uh, took time out of his busy schedule to come and, and be on Doc Talk. And, and Dr. Nichols has been with Revlar from the beginning. And yes, Revlar implants, uh, now we're having their 30th birthday. And there's probably nothing that has more biological, economical impact on feeding cattle than steroid implants, period. And, and when we got that, that product, and it still is something that is used every day, um, you know, my major professor, Dr. Preston, who you did work with, um, always said that, you know, that, that as we, as we uh, implant these animals, there's, there's nothing that's going to bring a bigger return back to the, to the cattle feeder. And some of those things that, that you've done and the research that has been stimulated in animal physiology has just, you've been a part of a lot of it, haven't you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've, it's amazing, that, you know, and, and thank goodness to the industry that, that they love Revelar and they bought Revelar, which allowed us to put a tremendous amount of money back into research. And so part of that research, of course, is just head-to-head -head trials, you know, and trying to figure out which implant to use at the right time, whether it's ours or somebody else's, you know, in front or, or as a terminal implant. But in, in addition to that, you know, we've done a lot of things for the industry in terms of mode of action, trying to figure out how these things work, you know, from the anterior pituitary to the liver to satellite cell proliferation and those kind of things, and, and which, whether TBA or estradiol is affecting which one of those. Um, and I'll tell you, we still don't know the answer. And I tell you, when I die, God and I are going to sit down and have a good talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> but always, we found out a lot of things. <laughs> I always hated the question on my prelims was, why does a steroid implant work in a pig and, or in a, in a steer but not in a pig? Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they just do. And, yep. and they just don't. <laughs> But uh, so, so aside from the, you know, the basic physiology and tracing that mode of action, y'all have, and, and then the head-to-head, the, the -head, you also have done a lot of work on optimum endpoints and, yes, and different cattle that maybe has something to do with implants, but a lot more to do with helping people know when to market right. cattle. Yeah, so again, the, the amount of money we've been able to spend in research just to, to find answers for the industry in terms of sorting cattle, you know, what we can do and, and endpoints, you know, in, in different terms of sorting and, and, and making different pins. So we get those cattle to the optimum endpoint. You know, Giroy and Hutchison over there, they, they would say that 28.6% empty body fat, you know, is an optimum. It gives the, the animal its genetic 
capability to express its, its genetic for marbling. You got to get them that fat. And that's basically how we're trying to get there. So we've done a lot of sorting. We've done a ton of cereal harvest. We've done 21 cereal harvest studies. Now, a cereal harvest study is when you kill animals at different uh, endpoints along the way That's to correct. see how that carcass is changing Over from time. how many days, you know, 140 days to 160 days to 180 days. That's correct. So if they, if we get a set of cattle in and, and their nominal endpoint or day of harvest is 180, you know, we'll go 21 to 42 days in front of that and 21 to 42 days in back of that to see how that carcass is changing over time. Since we sell most of our cattle today on a carcass basis, that's really important for the feedlot owner and the nutritionist to understand. So if I've got 180 day cattle, what's it gonna do at 200 days? What's it gonna look like at 240 days? Or if, or if prices get, you know, corn goes really high, what can I give up at 160 days? Yep. And we have a ton of that data. And that, you know, it's kind of where the nutritionist part of Merck is gone is, is a lot of that kind of research and trying to help the industry understand growth over time so you can make these economic decisions in the face of high corn prices or low cattle prices or whatever. You can plug those into a model and, and kind of give you an idea, you know, I mean, you're not going to be able to get by nature itself, but it will give you a good idea of, of what, where those endpoints are. Definitely some variation, but it gets you in the right ballpark. Correct. Let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up with Dr. Wade Nichols. You're watching Doc Talk, and we're sure glad you joined us. Hey folks, welcome back to Doc Talk. Dr. Dan Thompson here with Dr. Wade Nichols, and we are celebrating, I wish, our 30th birthday. <laughs> It's not well, our 30th. we can. It's just <laughs> <laughs> you just subtract a little. <laughs> yeah. The 30th birthday of Revelar Implants, and and uh, Dr. Nichols is the senior technical services manager for Merck Animal Health, and has been involved with Revelar Implants from conception. And uh, let's talk about economics and return on investment for for sure. implants. So. There's nothing, very few things that we can do in the cattle business that have a bigger ROI, return on investment, than, than implanting an animal. You know, when I first started, you know, we guy told me one time they have to have a seven to ten return on investment before a feed yard would actually implement some new process. So we did the math at that time. We were selling Revel RS for three thirty-five, and it was like an eight to ten return on investment. So. Nowadays, with the way prices are, we've got, we get more for our cattle and we actually pay less for our implants. The ROI on implants today is 25 to 30 to one. And so if you do that math, implants are worth 15 to $16 a piece. That's the return that you get on those. You're gonna only pay two, but they're worth 15 to $16. Yeah. So, you know, they're just, the things that they do and for the industry, it's, it's phenomenal what they can do. Yeah, if, if we're not implanting a calf in a feed yard, you better have one heck of a marketing platform of where you're selling those animals because you're going to need a huge premium. Exactly. And, you know, we can go all the way back to the calf, too. All the way back to cow yeah, calf. Absolutely. You know, the return on investment in them is just as high now. But then, as we think about mm -hmm. that and we go back to the consumer side or to the natural resources mm -hmm. side, not only are we creating this economic return, which is great for the industry and great for the people that are in it, but we're also doing more for sustainability and environmental stewardship by using these products as well. Absolutely. So if you think about 
you know, if, if we put 200 pounds just in the feed yard, so, you know, we're going to look at, at 195, 200 pounds overall with the same amount of resources. So the per pound return to the society, to the environment is tremendous. That, that sustainability, there's nothing that's more sustainable than doing a whole lot more with a lot less, and that's what implants allow us to do. If it takes less natural resources, I, I heard a thing that if we didn't use steroid implants, we would need to and produce the same amount of beef in the U.S., we would need a cornfield the size of Iowa that's right. to make up the lost feed efficiency and carcass efficiency of, of what the implants what the implants exactly. bring. Yeah, I mean, the amount of the numbers, if you're going to produce the same amount of beef, like you said, it's going to take a lot more numbers and a lot more feed to get that done. And we do, you know, if we look at the numbers, we don't even have numbers available. We don't have land space enough right. to get that done. So, you know, we're either going to do a lot less or, or we're not going to be able to do it at all. Which brings up another point that people that don't want to implant or want to get rid of implants for whatever reason, they're cutting their own throat because they get a premium for non-implanted, but you can't break the laws of economics. You cannot drop that price down as when we, under the conventional price, it'll just drive it right back down. Now it costs you $200 more per head to get there. Exactly. So how many people are going to go out of business? Too many. Too many. And as we uh, sit there, um, I just want to say thank you. Absolutely. Thanks for being on the show, but thanks for all you do for the industry and and uh, what a what a great product and what a great uh, set of research and information. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for watching Doc Talk. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can find us on the web at www.doctalktv.com. Always work with your local veterinarian, and I have to say nutritionist Trisha, because Dr. Wade is here. <laughs> um, but he, with, he's half. That's right, <laughs> half nutritionist. From Dr. Wade Nichols and Dr. Dan Thompson here in Ames, Iowa, we'll see you down the road. Closed captioning is brought to you by Profusion Drench for Beef Cattle, a no-prescription, no-needle supplement. To learn more, go to zenpro.com. Doc Talk was brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the science of healthier animals. As dependable as the sunrise, in dairy parlors, open pastures, on ranches and feed yards across America, a place where reputation is more than a name, where the science of healthier animals is a way of life. It's the responsibility that drives who we are and what we do. Every decision, every day. It's your livelihood and our responsibility.